Hi folks, my name is Kevin Dunn and welcome to Agency Unfiltered, a bi-weekly web series and podcast that interviews agency owners around agency operations, growth, and scale. Nobody knows how to scale agencies better than those that are already doing it, and they're happy to share an unfiltered look into what has worked and what hasn't. Today, we have Eddie N. Turner, co-CEO of Digital J2, an agency based in Charlotte, North Carolina. His team has created a set of health scorecards that track progress towards top KPIs across the agency's operations, marketing, sales, HR, and client performance. We talk about how he prioritizes and sets his agency's goals, where granularity fits into the process, how others can set and track their targets, and which pitfalls to avoid accurately track your agency's performance with health scorecards with Agency Unfiltered, starting now. Awesome. Well, Edian, thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited to have you on Agency Unfiltered. No problem. Thanks yeah. for having us. Of course, man. Um, so we were talking about a very interesting like operating framework, like an operating model that you guys use at Digital J2. I'd love to dig into it a little bit more. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like a health scorecard or a company scorecard. Um, so let's just kick things off, dive into exactly what this framework is and what it allows you to do. Cool. Yeah, I mean, ultimately what we're looking to do is how can we quickly determine on a weekly basis, monthly, quarterly basis, are we on track to hit a goal? Because oftentimes what we found was we would do this um, you know, annual meeting, we'll say, hey, this is the target that we're going to go after, and then we'd forget about it. We'd have no idea, are we on track for it? You know, What are the... Um, the main areas that are affecting us from not hitting that. And so we really came down to, we need to really break that out to KPIs and goals from the top all the way down to the bottom. So one, everyone has clarity and focus off of how they impact our growth as a company in whatever direction it is. And then if we are on off track, where are we off track? So we could zoom in and actually handle it within the week or two weeks that then keep us back on track for mm. that growth. So it's really helped us um, stay focused, make the pivots when needed to keep us on, on path. That's great. So what does this scorecard actually look like? So how is it shaped? How is it built? Where does it live? Be interested to understand the format of it. Yeah, so right now we use Databox for it. Um, and so essentially what it is is we have 15 top KPIs from operations to overall like customer churn rates mm -hmm. to uh, marketing sales, so how many MQLs, sales calls, proposals sent out, um, even to HR. So what's the forecasted amount of time that's coming um, into the pipeline relative towards the company utilization rate of when's the next hire need to take place. Mm -hmm. uh, so we try to limit to 15 KPIs um, and they all are um, against the actual goal. So we'll be able to see relatively very quickly what is it and to the goal that we're at to then determine are we up or minus and then if need to then we could drill into the specifics that's great of that area. how did you narrow down to 15 so what was the decision making process to pick the 15 ultimate kpis to track i, I read in a book and they said oh god <laughs> <laughs> they said seven to 15 and i just that's the magic number yeah, yeah. I, just, I stuck with that yeah that's great how about uh, like the goal setting process is there any uh process or like a mm -hmm. prescriptive way you go about setting goals yeah so we um we, we really like the eos model traction um uh, we really like the mythology of looking and doing an annual plan and then having your quarterly sessions and your week, you know, your 10 minute week uh, meetings. Um, and ultimately, it's just looking at where, where's our vision, where's our 10 year vision, what's the three year plan, and then how does that break up into this year? Mm. Um, and it's all relative towards being realistic or not. It took a little bit of time to 
actually build that realistic ability. You know, sometimes we could say, hey, we want to do this, but do we really know what that means? Mm. Um, so by implementing all these KPIs and numbers, it's really under, helped us understand what are the steps to get to that. So then we could then take the, the day-to-day, the week-to-week, the month-to-month, the quarter-to-quarter steps to actually hit those longer-term visions and goals. So it helps provide a more strategic roadmap to your yeah. point, day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's big time, big time. Um, I think you alluded to this, but as we were talking, there's there's multiple levels to it, right? Mm-hmm. So you have this company scorecard, but are there also like <clears throat> department-based yeah. pieces? And Does it go all the way down to the individual? I'd be interested yeah. to hear how the staff kind of to shapes out. Yeah, and so that goes back to you know creating more focus for everyone. So we want to tie metrics to every single individual person within the company that ties into it so yes it's broken down by a company initiative if, if it's a, uh, a sales issue that we notice we could click in we could zoom into sales what's happening in the sales side of the department and if we want to zoom into actual one individual person we can um, what's really helped out with that is like I said the clarity and the focus but when we want to get people to do certain things having a number and understanding that they're being tracked on it really helps with that. Mm. And one of the things that we've done to go further to ensure that we get the actions that we want is that it's tied to their bonus as well. Mm. So if they're not hitting the relative KPIs, we could crawl back certain bonus structures off of that. So that really then helps us control the actions we want to then help us ultimately hit our long-term vision goal. So there's performance-based benefits, rewards, if they you know, meet, hit, exceed the, the KPIs in, in the scorecard. Yeah, 100%. And we just, you know, the mythology that we look at is we understand that growing a business isn't just us. Hmm. It's going to take all of us. And so I really try to have the mythology of this is our company. And if we succeed, we want everyone to succeed. So we actually have um, pretty strong baseline salaries. And then they can make up a lot of money as long as they're able to you know, be able to manage X amount of revenue. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, besides just, so we have it in, in DataBox. Um, but how does it like <clears throat> synthesize or how does it like spread itself amongst the organization? Is it brought up? On a monthly basis, like company meetings, team meetings, mm-hmm. one-on-ones, like where else does it live and breathe? So people are thinking about it uh, each and every day, week, month. So generally, we have it in different cadence. We do a weekly meeting where we'll, we'll review the weeks and then say, okay, here is our week numbers. Um, some numbers are just on a monthly basis. We don't record it. So like even for our accounting purposes, we have that number in there, but we only report it on the end of the month. So the number is stayed there. But on the week-to-week numbers, we review it on a week-to-week and we'll do to-do action items if we see that metrics are falling down, a to-do item would be, you need to get this done this week because it's relatively quick. Mm. Now we do review quarterly initiatives, which we call ROCs, um, which are ultimately a longer cadence plan that needs to be executed, um, but there's always ownership off of that. So again, it's relative to, you know, is is the issue, you know, leads or is the issue that uh, our client satisfaction score has gone down. Uh, well, what is, is can we do that within a week or is that gonna take a quarter? Um, and there's always ownership against that to say, hey, we're falling off a plan, we'll speak as a leadership team, what are the, the movements and pivots that we think should take place? And then the one person who's ownership of that to then has to go fulfill that. And then we're always looking at that on a weekly to quarterly mm. to annual basis. And then is that a team-wide kind of like strategic planning session if something's short of a goal or? or? Um, so leadership. So gotcha. what we'll do is annual, it's always leadership. Quarterly is leadership. And then weekly, it's company-wide. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, how long has the scorecard been a part of your operating framework? Been about a year now. Nice. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think providing a better roadmap, allowing you to strategically plan to hit goals in the future. But are there any other like major benefits, positives that you've seen come out of kind of leaning on this scorecard process? Yeah, I mean, I to me, I, I wouldn't know how to run a company to me effectively because mm. I'm, I'm just a big person off of 
I got to see the steps that we're taking to get there. And I feel that if I don't have that, where are we? Mm. Are we on plan? Are we not? And then also, I think it, it it sounds so simple, and I think a lot of people say it, but focus is huge. You know, it's the thing with Darmesh that is aligning all vectors. And I think when people understand the number that they need to influence, you're aligning that vector with the long-term plan. Mm. And that's been what really is helpful to, you know, a person who's just executing, you know, in our account management side to understand what they need to do to influence that. And that's the thing that's invoked fire within our company is people are enthrilled with the growth. They're enthrilled with the mentality that they could see their fingerprints Mm. off of the bottom line and understanding how we're growing. They get really, really involved with that versus just, here's my clients and I'm over here. Mm. They, they're learning a lot of business aspects by seeing these data boards and reviewing them on a constant basis. I'm just imagining like your own flywheel, right? Like having ownership towards or like how you influence these numbers must apply force to the process, but mm-hmm. then having just clarity and transparency around which numbers are the most important reduces a ton of friction in your own processes. Yeah, big time, because oftentimes what happens is if we didn't have that clarity on an annual or a quarterly basis, you are, you know, you, you lose sight on what, we're doing because we make a, an annual plan and then we'd be like three months, four, six months on the road. What were we trying to do again? Hmm. Like, what was the, I know it was growing revenue, but what were the steps we're going to take? It often just fell apart. Hmm. Um, and so by just having all that there, it's just like, let's drive forward. We know where we're going from there. That's great. Mm-hmm. So one year in, um, let's just say, okay, I'm an agency. I want to try and lean or create some sort of operating framework similar to yours, right? Mm-hmm. What are the steps to get me there? Like, what what's my situation now? What's the biggest red flag I should look out for to be like, wow, I, this is something I need? Yeah. And then what are the steps to, to begin building my own scorecard? I think the big, the first step is just understanding the direction you want to go. So mm-hmm. I think that um, what are you trying to do as an agency? Are you trying to grow by revenue? What is, the, what is the main focus? And so I think you first need to understand the direction you want to take, and then you need to start then breaking it out. What are the top 15 KPIs or seven, you know? Magic, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the band is seven. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah the, right. the magic number there uh, that you think that you could look at it and quickly understand the pulse of the company. So, you know, we, well, sometimes we'll change some numbers up, but we're now starting to get to a good finding tune of, we believe this is the foundation. Mm. Uh, but what is it, what are the, you know, top three or four KPIs that very quickly you're going to understand, are we healthy or not healthy in operations? Um, and so, like, for us, you know, we have client satisfaction, satisfaction scores. You know, we're looking at average uh, project timeliness. You know, we're looking at quality execution ratings because we want to ensure our quality ratings. Mm-hmm. And then overall, um, just the satisfaction of the IMMs themselves mm-hmm. through that side. IMM so, is? Inbound marketing manager yep. for us. Uh, and so I think once you understand what is the minimal numbers between each department, then you can then ask yourself, okay, if I wanted to zoom into operations – what are the key metrics that I want to look at? So we're structuring a pods. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a pod leader, and then they have the pod um, individuals inside or the project managers. And we'll be able to actually break out the different separate pod numbers. Mm-hmm. So if operations, let's just say, isn't going the direction that we want, we could zoom into the operation scorecard and then say, is there a specific pod that's holding us back from that? Then we could zoom into the specific pod and see what is the... It, the actual individual that's holding us back. And then there's a coaching opportunity there mm. to then say, hey, you know, your efficiency ratings are low um, or you're not putting the time or X, Y, Z, but there is a great coaching opportunity for the manager to then help them get to where they need to be. So now your coaching conversations are more intentional, right? Because yeah. the data informed, they're backed by the numbers on the scorecard. Yeah. yeah. Um, one year in, I'm not sure how iterative of a, of a process it is, 
but had anything in the initial kind of rollout process gone wrong? Are there any pitfalls that you would avoid if you had to start all over again? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the things is just ensuring that your data's right. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that makes uh, sense, yeah. Yeah, and it's a thing that's uh, often overlooked is, you know, uh, whatever tool you're using to measure is actually accurate. Sometimes people take at face value of, this is accurate data, and then when you start rolling it into all these microboards to the top, mm. it just becomes a mess. So then you're actually not, it's not informing you of anything if it's not correct. So the first thing is if you are utilizing Databox and integrating with different areas like accounting platform, you're integrating with HubSpot or whatever you may be, um, just make sure your numbers are right first. Um, and then once the numbers are right first, um, you know, you could play around with the metrics that you're going to use um, to get the actions that you want your people to be going after. So it was a thing that we didn't ask ourselves first. We, we did try to add too many metrics. Um, and then it was, we were doing the opposite of clarity. It was more confusion. Mm. Um, so, you know, less is more um, off that side and uh, sticking with it and just keep it. Don't, I think a lot of companies could say, this model sounds great, do it and then leave it. You got to like keep the pulse, keep Continue moving. Continue to optimize it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How often do you look to reevaluate, optimize? Do you ever swap out KPIs? How often does that occur? Anytime we see actions, if we have our managers say, hey, I'm seeing that I'm having a hard time getting the inbound marketing managers to do X. I say, find out a way that we can measure that, mm. and then we're going to put that part of the bonus structures where we could crawl that back out, and mm. now that becomes a KPI there. And then we can ask ourselves, does that KPI worth to be in the um, operations department one, or is it worth being there? It will just depend. But we'll always try to find interactions of how to get people to do what we want through mm. that. All right, so here's the gap maybe in our reporting. Uh, help me find the metric that'll help uh, shed some light there and then yeah. finding the exact place that it needs to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. great. Mm -hmm. What does the future hold for the, the reporting scorecard, the health scorecard? You know, we do have some manual processes still mm. in, in, in it. So I, I, I think anytime you introduce manual process, there's room for human error. And then again, data could be messed up. So the future for the scorecard is we are looking to move into an all-in-one agency platform where time's being tracked, you know, you have your efficiency ratings being tracked. Right now we're calculating a lot of things manually mm. to then input that data. It's not just pulling directly from a source. Um, so one initiative is to um, move into an all-in-one agency platform to where we could just pull that data out versus manipulating it. So Have you already picked the tools, the software, the systems to help get you there? Yeah, so I've looked at three major ones. It was Workamajig, Mavenlink, Acelo, and ultimately we looked at Acelo. So that's I think great. that's the one we're going to move forward cool. with. Um, final question for you. Yeah. Um, ask this to all the guests. What would you say is the weirdest part of agency life? I would say we have a very young staff, <laughs> and so the, uh, it's... Com not common to have uh, footballs being flying, Nerf guns being flying. Uh, we do have dogs. Mm. Uh, can I share a little story, actually? Yes, Wait, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So we, uh, we moved into a new um, office space. And again, this whole agency life is, you know, you have dogs, you have the Nerf guns, which is fun. We enjoy that. But um, we had one of our um, team members get a new puppy Mm -hmm. Not really a puppy. The dog's like this big. Okay, yeah. And big puppy. Big puppy. And um, he was gone, and she went. She peed <laughs> on the floor. And we just moved in this place, and we have wood floors. It's a large, large office space. And we didn't think anything of it. I was like, hey, let's clean it up. Yeah, right. And we get a call from our landlord, and they say, hey, um, is there a leak in your office? It made – what floor are you guys? Well, we thought we were only on the first floor. Yeah. And so we ended up finding out that there was a tenant underneath us. Oh, man. And um, 
So some of the pee went on down down to the it's other. It's very unfortunate for the the garden level tenant <laughs> of the building. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's definitely weird and fun to have so much young life. Yeah. Uh, but you definitely have some of those challenges of that type of stuff yeah. happening. And check to see if you have uh, neighbors below you. Yeah, we didn't know. Yeah, I mean, you know. If you look at our place, you don't know that there's a second floor. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's that's it for us. Thank you so much. Um, this has been a great episode. I appreciate you again coming on. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Agency Unfiltered. If you like what you saw, heard, or read, make sure to subscribe to our playlist on YouTube, our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or our newsletter on agencyunfiltered.com. Alongside episode launch notifications, the newsletter also comes with a ton of other helpful, strategically curated agency content from yours truly. And if you wanna keep the conversation going or provide a counterpoint to this episode's discussion, Tweet me at, at Kevin underscore Dunn. I'll see you again in two weeks, but in the meantime, keep it unfiltered and let's all grow.